flashy theme song. We'll add it in post, as we say in the business. But we are here to talk with you about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night. And again, no opening theme aside, that doesn't mean that we don't have a great show for you. It's been a busy week in the paranormal. Happy Thanksgiving weekend to everybody out there. And now is a time when we give thanks for all of our blessings in life. And of course, uh, we give thanks to the spooky South Coast audience for, for tuning in each and every week both uh, live here on WBSM, watching us on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com, and also downloading the show on iTunes. Uh, again, let me reiterate, over a million times since the beginning of October alone. That's just impressive. It's like we took all the numbers that we had going into that month and just switched. You know, just went, uh, uh, switched. I mean, doubled. I said switch because I was watching the cameras on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. But we are going to talk about something tonight that's, uh, oh, controversial would be a word that could be used to describe what's been going on this past week. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar, Aaron Houdini is uh, a, a descendant of Harry Houdini. And uh, he is uh, an illusionist and, and an escape artist in his own right. And uh, he's also a paranormal investigator, and he has dropped a bombshell in the paranormal community this week with claims of a specific evidence, a specific location that is faked evidence, and uh, specific investigators who were involved in the faking of that evidence, and a huge backlash ensued. We're going to talk to Aaron coming up in just a little bit here on the program uh, for a brief amount of time. I do want to say here right at the beginning that there were numerous parties that were involved in Aaron's original uh, claim, and also who have uh, popped up to challenge those claims and have uh, been challenged by Aaron themselves uh, as well. And we did we put out feelers to everybody involved in the story that I could think of, that I could find connected uh, in this web. Normally, I don't get wrapped up in the quote-unquote paranormal drama. I try to avoid that, but so, sometimes certain cases and certain situations pop up on our radar, and when I see an opportunity to almost allow Spooky South Coast and our show and our audience to be a mediator for something, I try to reach out and, and offer our airwaves as a way to do that. And I could see from where this whole situation was going that there was a need for somebody to step in and to ask the pertinent questions that needed to be asked. Uh, I'm not trying to say that you know we are in a loftier position than other people in the paranormal and that we should be able to do that. But we're in a unique position here because we are on broadcast airwaves and we have a responsibility uh, to be fair and balanced. We have rules we got to follow. Because we're not on a Fox News station. <laughs> but, <laughs> sorry. What's the matter? Truth hurts? Ah, yeah, we're not going to get into a political discussion here. But uh, you know, we, we do feel a, a responsibility to present all sides whenever we talk about anything. Now, we may not do it within the context of a, of a specific episode. You know, if we have somebody coming on who says that, uh, 
you know, uh, Bigfoot is the love child of Elvis and Barack Obama, you know, we will let that person have their say. Goony goo And we will ask their question, ask the questions about, you know, what kind of proof do you have and, and, and where did you come up with this theory and, you know, try to basically, you know, try to convince me as, as, a, as a representative of our audience. And then we may have somebody... I'm a skeptic as well. ...about that in particular. Well. <laughs> but, and then we'll have a, a future edition maybe where somebody will come on and, and debate that. So we don't disallow any particular viewpoint here on the show. So I did send out feelers to everybody involved in this to see if they wanted to come on. And I used the term defend their positions, and a lot of people came back and said that they didn't feel the need to defend their position because they felt like there was no basis to Aaron's claims and they didn't need to defend anything. So we will talk with Aaron, and we'll get his side of the story, and I'm going to try to ask some of these questions uh, that we feel uh, need to be asked as, as part of this discussion. But I don't want people to think either that this one particular case that we'll be talking about, the Post Town School, is going to be the focus of the entire show. We're going to talk with Aaron about this until the 11 o'clock news break. And then coming up in the second hour, I want to open up the phone lines and open up the discussion between ourselves here and the folks in the chat room at Spooky, South Co- at Spooky TV on SpookySouthCoast.com. And I want to get into the idea of, do A, do we need somebody to call out fraud in the paranormal community, and B, if we do, did I say A first? I hope so. I hate when I say A and then two. (laughs) Speaking of people who need to have credibility, uh, that I would lose all credibility as a host if I did that. But uh, on the other side of it, you know, we we also want to find out who should be the people that do that if that's the case, and what should be the qualifications of going forward with that. So that'll come up in hour number two if you want to share your thoughts on this and if anybody wants to get involved in the discussion at any point in time, we always have open lines here on the show as long as we're talking about the context of what's being said. If somebody wants to come on here and say a personal, you know, they want to give a personal attack on somebody, it's not allowed. You know, we're about finding out the truth here on the show. We're about presenting all sides of the argument here on the show. Save the personal drama for Facebook. You know, that's where it doesn't even belong there, but I mean, if it belongs somewhere, that's where it belongs. So, uh, you know, but if you have intelligent, thoughtful questions, information that you want to have in order to make your own decision up, then uh, feel free to call in 508-996-0500, 1-877-996-1420. And I don't want to, again, I don't want to blow our own horn here, but, you know, we've, we've done this before. Yes. We've stepped into situations before where, you know, we've tried to offer the different sides uh, a chance to present their argument. And it's worked in the past in some instances. Uh, I think back to that episode about the uh, Native Americans being upset about the board game company making a, a game about King Philip's War. And it wound up actually being a um, a watershed event for for both sides. They, they both had their own viewpoints on it, and neither of them saw the actual benefits that both could read from it and at the end of the show they actually wound up wanting to work together to make things right making accusations in all in all senses and basically we're going to try and cover as much of it as we can so in about half an hour's worth of time uh, the thing about that, too, is that you know you have two people and two sides that, that they can further apart talk about this more freely. And we were able to just uh, bridge the gap through conversations. Uh, and I think there's that's something the benefit that's of doing keeping this them program from is being able, able to join us and discuss it now. I don't know whether that be, and, and you know, that we can help. They're still waiting for certain documentation to come in. If they're waiting for, you know, certain legal reasons that they have to wait. There's a variety of different factors that could play into that. So if we do have the discussion tonight and it plays into the need for a follow-up show next week, uh, then we can do that. Uh, because this is going to be a topic that I don't think is, is going to go away easy. 
And while normally we don't hang our hats on getting involved in this kind of stuff, I think it's important to, to follow up because we can use this as a, as a test case of what does happen when you do make a claim against a haunted location uh, for faking evidence or against a particular paranormal investigator or group for faking evidence. And I do want to state from the outset that uh, I am not in this tonight to launch any attacks myself on anybody. Uh, I'm just going to try and ask these questions as fair and balanced as I can. If for some reason I do feel like I'm getting partial and I'm not towing that line, Moniz, if you pick up I'll on rain it, you in. rain me in chat room anybody there callers 508-996-0500 1-877-996-1420 i want to make sure that I, we, we do this uh, as close as neutral as we can uh, because i don't want anybody coming back and saying that we were taking one side over another because <laughs> we have no dog in this fight the one side that we have to be on is the side of truth well, or as close to it as we can, or fairness. In the interest of full disclosure, though, there may be some who question uh, our role in this because we do offer a, uh, we do we are part of Legend Trips, and we do offer paranormal events for money, uh, just as what happened in this post-town school incident where we charge people to come in and investigate. But... I mean, obviously, our, our format is different than the way that they do things. Uh, but some people may say that, you know, we have a... Different airlines charge for flights and different things happen on them. But different, they yeah. may say that we have a reason to discredit an organization who does this uh, because it would make us look better. That, that all goes out the window, <clears throat> excuse me, in this discussion because uh, what we do is... <laughs> we, we even tell you when you buy the ticket, we're not promising you anything paranormal. And by doing that, we don't feel the need to have you have anything paranormal take place. It's great if it does, but we're trying to sell you a we're good time. Yeah, we're promoting actually the history of the places that we go to. And it, I just I just want to, you know, you know, in the interest of full disclosure, say, yes, we do have a stake, a financial stake in a company that takes people on paranormal investigations. But we're not going to let that cloud anything here. And I, I don't, you just have to be truthful with it right out front. Oh, saying that we make money doing this? I, I think we're lucky if we cover our costs of putting it on. But if you, wrote a, if you wrote a book about the Roswell crash with your own theories in the Roswell crash, and we had somebody on the show who had uh, an opposite theory and took umbrage with yours, you know, I would want you to say, or I'd want to state at the beginning of the program, that you wrote your own book about the Roswell crash and have your own competing theory. You know what I mean? Okay. It's just it's, noted it, in the journalism business. We we call it full disclosure. Gotcha. Because that way, there you know you can't be accused of being biased if you're upfront about it. Well, you still can be, but <laughs> it helps your case if you're upfront about yeah, it. Yeah, we call that CNN. All right. Well, I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a break uh, and we're going to get Aaron on the phone. And I don't know why I'm trying to load up over here on the computer. They're going to. <laughs> commercial didn't music. work the first time yes yeah, it didn't work but uh so we'll take a break we'll get aaron on the phone when we come back we'll get right into the discussion about the post town school uh about aaron's claims uh, and we'll ask some of the tough questions and, and hopefully aaron doesn't mind he's willing to answer them uh and when we do come back again the numbers are 508-996-0500 1-877-996-1420 if you have questions that you want to ask uh, again but i reiterate you know no personal attacks here if you do that, we're going to boot you right off the air. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. 
It blew books off shelves from 20 feet away and scared the socks off some poor librarian. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. This looks extraordinarily bad. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with science advisor Matt Moniz. And uh, joining us on the line is Aaron Houdini. You know him from his work as uh, both uh, a, an escape artist as well as a paranormal investigator. And he joins us on the program right now, I believe, for the first time. Good evening, Aaron. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, we are spectacular, as we say here. Now, I know that we promoted one of your events that you had here in Fall River recently uh, in conjunction with the Lizzie Boyd in Bed and Breakfast, but I, I don't think we had the chance to talk to you directly, so thank you for joining us here on the show. Thanks for having me. Now, <laughs> I just wish it could have been under uh, a little bit less controversial circumstances, but you know, normally you know, you're busy on Saturday nights uh, outperforming shows. Yeah. So i got to ask you then, <laughs> how was your week? been very good. We've got a lot of company in. We've had a few Thanksgivings here and there, different family members, and uh, we're all getting ready. Tomorrow's our big one uh, where the whole family comes together, and that's at uh, my house. Well, and of course, there's there's been uh, quite a bit of controversy going on this week, and, and you knew that heading into this. Uh, you did spend uh, some time debating uh, publicly about whether or not you should reveal the information that had come to you, and I mean, just talk a little bit about that struggle uh, internally with the decision to uh, basically, you know, go forward with with this information, and uh, I, I don't want to say eliminate a place as, as a as a paranormal destination, but essentially, you know, you're you, you've got to take into account you're ruining the reputation of this place. Yeah. Well, I like to think they ruined their reputation. Well, sure. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, everything's in, you know all this. Most of it is in my opinion. You know, when I come. With come out with the facts um it, it was a tough nothing about this was easy um the, the licensed the, the people that own post town school were my friends mm -hmm. uh it, it was not easy i began uh, debating this hard and heavy uh, the last weekend i was there i had a show on a saturday night friday night we were there uh setting up and then we, we had to end early because a group was coming in to uh investigate this was really the breaking point for me. Um, I, had, I had watched and been investigating the school internally. They had no clue, um, as I am several other locations. Another location I'll be revealing next week, and you're actually the first time that, I, that I've told that. It's not near as popular as Post Town School. Uh, it's uh, an abandoned home in Kentucky that, uh, that, you know, they have a certain amount of time uh, to come out and say, you know, I'm sorry. And it's going to happen again. And that's the same thing I did with Postown. I did not want to take this public and say, Aaron Houdini, the, the debunker, and I know all, because I definitely don't know all. The, the problem is I, I gave them a week. Um, and, and my breaking point, there was a group that decided to take their anniversary and spend it at Postown. And they were hoaxed that night. And it, it was it broke my heart to see this family uh, these individuals so set and, and so happy to get to be at Post Town and then get hoaxed. Um, it, it was really hard, and, and it's not just that night. So many nights, you know, people don't take vacations. They go, and, and not just Post Town, they go other locations. Uh, 
and instead of them getting to choose for themselves, it's forced upon them. They heard an EVP. They heard a door slam. They saw a door slam. In some cases, they saw shadows. Um, it, it's just not right. And, um, you know, I would love to pass this off to, to a whole jury of people that um, that want to condemn, that want to call out these places, that want to call fraud. You know, that'd be great. But who, who wants to do it? Um Nobody well, wants to take that, so, uh, and that's what, you know, my, my whole life I've followed Houdini and uh, tried to, tried to what I, what I hope would make him proud, and, you know, this is a part that's really, really hitting hard and weighing on my heart, and, uh, you know, I just felt it was time. Well, I, I mean, like you said, you knew that there was going to be a, a backlash from it, and you did give people a, a chance to, to respond. Now, when you did come out with this, uh, information with with this uh, report, as you deemed it, uh, on on your Facebook page, uh, you put it up there and you laid it all out on the line of what you knew to be uh, instances of fakery and what other people had provided you for information. And I've I've noticed that that post is is no longer up. Yeah, I had to actually take it down. Doing what I do in in magic, uh, I have a lot of kids. You could easily go through my friends list and see that maybe even close to half of the people on my friend list are kids uh, under the age of 16. Uh, a lot of my family's on there, a lot of kids from my hometown, probably 500 kids from, from my hometown in the area where I go back there and do a lot of things. So it was hard to allow it to continue outside of me just making it my permanent job to sit there and focus on what people are putting on there. Um, and, and my family are seeing people threaten me um, more than vulgar words, um, and it was being constant. Well, I'd say for the most part, 80 to 90% of it was all positive and people thanking me, and then I had the 10% where people were cussing me and threatening me, and then other fans were taking up for me, and then they were getting threatened, so I just could not sit there and focus on Facebook 24 hours a day and monitor what people wrote. Uh, to keep others from seeing this. Well, but but if that's the case, then, I mean, uh, certainly other pages have been set up uh, with an attempt to discredit your claims and you personally uh, okay. that are Facebook pages that aren't somebody's personal account. Did you give any thought to creating a Facebook page and, no, no, and no, having no. that exist? Yeah. yeah, as I said, you know, this is kind of a, a learning process. This, is, this was my first um, mm -hmm. call out, and I learned a lot from it. Uh, the next one will uh, actually, you'll, you'll not see me uh, post you have one week to apologize to the public. You have five days. You have four days. You have one day to apologize. You know who you are. I've contacted you. I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh, the people know they have a certain amount of time. Please, I beg. I do not want to make it personal. My, my first uh, big announcement, I, I spent you know, a page begging, and I use the word. I'm begging. Do not make this personal, which is where it went. It went personal. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just going to post well, pictures and, and uh, statements and say, here it is. This is my findings. And when I, when I do my findings, that doesn't mean I say post something not haunted. Uh, I don't know um, any place that I say is haunted. Uh, you know, uh, I've got a lot of uh, uh, people saying, well, he said he's been 700 locations. And uh, I've not been to 700 locations. I've investigated several places many times. Uh, well, and, and but I, you did you did say that you've been on over seven hundred investigations. Yes, over seven hundred. And I have to question and, that number. Yeah, <laughs> it just it no, just no. sounds like an awful lot. 
I've done this since 1995. 1995. Imagine you guys doing this almost every weekend. If I'm not doing paranormal, you're talking to somebody here that's been doing it for close to 30 years. Okay. Yeah, my co-host Matt Moniz. Yeah. Now, are you doing it? Pretty much week? on a weekend basis. Yeah, every and weekend. Not, and, and you've not hit 700. Oh, well over. Okay. So you see, I mean, this is all I do. I don't have another job. Oh, well, I'm not. I'm not saying that you you didn't do 700. I'm just saying, you know, I see that yeah, number and, and I say, wow. <laughs> you know? And I and I try to explain my difference in not finding uh, what you guys call evidence. My my evidence is conclusive. I I can't argue. Okay, wow, I've seen a ghost. This is this is paranormal. I have to see to believe. Mm-hmm. I have thousands and thousands and thousands of EVPs, as, as you guys call them, uh, that I can't explain. I've heard lots and lots and lots of things that I can't explain. But I've never seen anything I can't explain. Gary Galka, who, um, who supplies ghost adventures in a lot of places with paranormal equipment, actually invented a device called the RT-EVP, Real-Time mm-hmm. EVP Recorder. I, myself, me, and Dustin Perry was the first two people to ever use the RT-EVP. I mean, if, if people are going to trust me to use their equipment before anybody else gets it, I have a feeling I know just a little bit about what I'm doing. So, so when, when people get winds and, and cold spots and audio that they can't explain and they rule it as EVP, that, you know, that may be evidence to some. I, I would never disagree with that, and I could never say that Post Town is not haunted. These are my findings. It was thousands and thousands and thousands of kids that went to school there, if energy is going to be high in any place, it most certainly would be post town. Sure. A school where all these kids go in and out, I could never rule that. My area, my caution is I saw them fake evidence. I heard them laughing about it. I heard them tell stories about how they got this group and that group. I know where they put their audio recorders. I know where they put, where they yelled sound down. I know how they set doors so they would slam. I know how they did the um, shadow person that showed up on several different TV shows. I know how they did all those things. I don't, I wasn't there for your EVP or the ball rolling right. down the stairs. Or, I don't know. I, I can't explain that. I'm just saying use caution when you're there because they're definitely faking things. Are they so, faking everything? I have no clue. But you say that you've, you've witnessed them faking things on your own. Uh, yes. Do you have any kind of recorded proof of that? Mm, well, no. Because, I mean, i got to tell you, as, as an impartial third person here, uh, you know, looking at this, I, I don't know you from Adam, so I don't know why I should take your word over somebody else's about somebody faking yeah. evidence. You know what I mean? That, that's, there's got to be that hard evidence proof to, to be able to show to people. I'm just saying if you want to get the, the paranormal community on board with, with that belief, and when you don't have that, then you are opening yourself up to... Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I... As I said, I'm learning as this goes. If, if I would have just came out and said, you know, post down faking things, and every single person would have said, you know, attacked me. No, they're not. That's crazy. I've got so much evidence from there. And I know that people are like, oh, my evidence can't be faked. It's real. Two different times, really close friends of mine have come to me and told me about audio they got in this area, post down their audio in this area. And I know that audio is fake because it's the same audio we caught fake in the same audio I saw them use. So I know that people are like, oh, he thinks all of our evidence is fake. It's not. I'm, I'm not right. telling everybody 
their evidence is fake. I have no no way but, of knowing that. But wouldn't it be a lot easier to explain to people who are kind of coming in late to the discussion if you still had that original report posted up there? I, I think by taking it down and by not oh, making any, it available somewhere yeah, anybody else. Anybody that wants it. Email me at aaronhoudini@hotmail.com and I'll send it right to you. Now that's, I mean, that's great of you to do that, but I mean, you know that most people aren't going to take the time to do that. They're going to make that judgment before, you know, they have that opportunity to to contact you. Yeah. Uh, so, well, I mean, that's at this point, it's learning for me, and I could not post it back on my Facebook because it would it would start all back up. Well, and, let me tell you, let me you tell know, you this: if if you want to send it to me, I'll I'll put it up on on the Spooky South Coast page. No problems. That'll work. Okay. Uh, you know, and, that would uh, be no problem whatsoever. That way there, if people want to see it, they can go there and they'll, they'll have an opportunity yeah, yeah. to read it. And, uh, and I was reading on a, a page, I think it may have been your guys' page or somebody's page, that said that, you know, I took all these testimony from people and then I excluded part of one person's testimony. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right. There's Well, there's been uh, a, a, an accusation made that you... Uh, are protecting somebody. protecting somebody that was involved in yeah, this. That's that's not true. The, I'll tell you the, the my version of of the what's going on there. I cause I know of three people being involved in faking evidence. That's Daryl, Jay, and Daryl's wife Brenda. She they have DVRs in their living room. She calls and tells them or texts them where people are, and that's how they keep from getting caught or seen. They've been caught so many times sneaking up on people, and now, then they're like, "Oh, wait a minute!" I just want to clarify: when you say they're living room, they live on the property. Yes. They, they, okay. Just to make nobody, sure, you don't want people to yeah. think it's that elaborate of a setup that they're 10 miles away and they're beaming stuff. No, by. no, no. Yeah. no. They, they live on the property and where a majority, I could send you pictures right now and video that's on YouTube of people getting EVPs. Okay, so how can we conclusively say this is evidence of an EVP when, when inches below them is the people's living room and they're watching TV? Right. It's so a fair, they don't it, tell, it's a they fair don't question, but... At the same time, you can't say that it's not just because That's of that true. reason either. That's true. And, and I've said that from, from the beginning. You know, I, I am not the person to say 100%. All I can say is I've caught them doing this. I know where this comes from. I know how to do this. I even offered to pay. I'm going to pay the attorney. I'm going to pay the contract. I'm going to pay everything. $10,000 if I cannot come back in there, recreate the shadow, show where they put the recorders, they find any four people. I'll bring the four people in. They listen for the EVP. Once they get the EVP, then they got to prove what I did, where it come from. And I won't even move the recorder. I'll put it back where it was. Well, there's ten this, grand. There's so many things that I want to get to in, in terms of the story, but you're you're only giving us a brief amount of time to speak with you tonight. So uh, I'm I'm hoping that we can cover uh, as much of it as we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the one of the things that's come up uh, as a result of this is there there has been some uh, a story that came out on globalparanormal.com chuck manning's website we did invite chuck on to to share uh his thoughts on this but he said that he's just a reporter that he doesn't want to uh doesn't want to debate on this topic but he reported that uh it was told to him that the whole reason this whole thing came about was that you were upset over ticket sales uh, not being what they were supposed to be for your last event there and that this is your way of kind of lashing out because they didn't reach their end of the bargain. I, I just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, yes and no. Uh, the ticket sales weren't what they were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Daryl offered to pay me for the full ticket sales. So 70-something people showed up for the show. He offered to pay me for the other 130. He And he did that once before, 
to other people, and he always pays. That's, that's not the issue. I had the email where I told Daryl, no thank you, not interested at that point, we'll be good down the road. Right now, I just want you to go to Post Town's page. Don't even say faking evidence. Don't mention Aaron Houdini. Don't mention anybody. Just say, hey, some things that happened at the school brought to my attention. Apologize. Say it will never happen again. I, I can lift my heart and know that we've done the right thing here. That's it. I have the email between us. And, and he refused to do that. And, and he did offer to pay me. In the process of all this, two days after my show, we were leaving Post Town. All the flyers were inside Daryl Whitman's vehicle. I saw them. When I asked him about them, he said that he was going to give them to teams to distribute, but he had never got around to it. It really kind of made me curious why I paid for so many flyers, and yet he didn't at least just dump them out, do something with them. Mm -hmm. Looking into that is why I found out mid-Ohio convention, why there was only 50-something people there, while why at Creep, why at all the conventions that I've been a part of or been to there, there's just a handful of people. I've seen as little less than 10 people at events he's had, and I've seen as many as 50, which was mid-Ohio. The reason being is he has a restraining order, a, a court order that he can't have events in the building. And if he gets caught by the city advertising them, then he goes to jail. He has three contempt of courts. They told him on the 4th he will go to jail. Well, now, instead of this just being hearsay, I have an email from Jim Fox, who is the Butler County Department of Development, Building and Zone Division, Zoning and Flood Manager, saying that he is in contempt of court and they are filing paperwork to find him in contempt. That's when I realized why he doesn't advertise, why he didn't hand out flyers I paid for, why he doesn't put anything in the newspaper, why he never advertises at all, because if he gets caught... He goes to jail. Well, so the two stories fell into one another. Next week, when, when I when I pull the place out, when I call them out, if they don't do the right thing, I, it won't be anything like this. And I, and I know these people really well. It, it, it just happened to hit at the same time. It just chance. If, if I could do it all over, it would have happened a lot different. Well, I know I, people are hurt. Go ahead. i, I got to ask you this, though. But, but why you? Why do you feel the need... Uh, I mean, the Houdini connection aside, why do you feel the need to put yourself in this position where you have to be the one to, to call out these places and these people? Morals. It's it's just to the point where it's it's my morals. I do, I think last year and the year before, I did more paranormal conventions than any other person. Any other person. Weekend after weekend, I talked to people and they told me about their ghost stories and their paranormal evidence and, and everything paranormal. And then those people leave, and then I'm standing there at my table with another investigator or another paranormal celebrity or somebody there, and, and they're making fun of these people. Oh, well, they had this, they had that. Now, everybody doesn't do that. I'm not saying that everybody does that, but week after week, I'm chipped away, chipped away, and chipped away to I'm at the point I can't take it anymore. I think the truth is just the way to go. And all the lies, all the faking is, is doing nothing but hurt the entire paranormal society. It, and it's, it's masking it. And as soon as we're truthful, as soon as we get rid of all the shenanigans and all, the craziness, and, and we start at, at a nice level foundation of truth, the odds are we're going to get something that 
society in general will accept a lot sooner. Well, again, we are up against the clock here, and, and I know that you only could give us a certain amount of time. Can you stay with us after the news break and, and talk a little bit more about this? I, I'll, I'll probably have like 15, 20 more minutes. Okay. How long is the news break? Uh, we're, at 11 o'clock, we're going to hit a six-minute news break, and then we come back right after that. Okay. Uh, because one of the things that I want to discuss with you is uh, the fact that this moved very quickly from being uh, a calling out of the location and the people involved in this location to becoming very personal. I mean, immediately people were attacking you personally, and yeah, yeah. and at this and but at the same time, you also came back and uh, you know there's been some some. I'll say retaliation almost on, on your part uh, as well. It seems like people have pushed you to, to your limit and you've responded in kind. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, and that's what it is. And I, I know I've even put something on my Facebook. You know, I know I've said things that I regret that it wasn't anything to do with this issue. But when people are threatening your lives, when they're telling you that... Did, did someone specifically said, threaten your life? I've had three threats on my life. One person said they were going to find out where I live the other person said that they were coming to next week's show. They know where I was going to be. I better have bodyguards because they were going to beat me within an inch of my life. The other person wrote Bridget, my fiance, and told her when they found me, they were going to beat me to death. So have you have you passed this information on to the police? Yes. Okay. All three. All three to the police. The uh, one thing one thing I want to, to cover, and, and I'll try my best. I'm going to go in there as you guys go to break, and, and I'll stay with you until after the break for at least five or ten minutes. Um, but one I of the things that, about, about the um, the building, you know, I, and I don't want – this is where I retaliate. I just want everybody to know I'm, I'm telling the truth to the best of my ability. I'm not making up that this place is – condemned or extremely unsafe. I have the email from the zoning department that says it's unsafe. And I'm saying, hey, look, zoning says it's unsafe. The court order, which they're saying is no longer in effect because it just had to do with haunted house, it says that it cannot be used for any special amusement as defined by Section 411. Special amusement building states any building used for public use, paid or unpaid, in any such format. Dell uh, Whitman only has insurance on that building on Post Town School as a dwelling because they will only insure it as his home. They would not insure it as a business because he does not have a business license because the building inspector will not give him one because they said he's still under court order that he cannot have any event there and it even lists even a birthday party. I'm not nope. making these things up. I, all I'm doing is saying this is what they said. They say, the building department says, it is extremely unsafe. Are, are you planning to share these emails publicly, the ones from the depart zoning department, the ones from Dale? I'll, I'll, I'll give the public, the guy's email, his, his office number. They can call. They don't even have to believe my emails. They can call for themselves and ask, and he will tell them that any public anything there is illegal. Well, if you can, if you can send me copies of those, and and if I'd like to see copies of the emails of what you're talking about too, between uh, yourself and Daryl, if, if you wouldn't mind sharing, because then we can put it all up there with your statement, and and people can kind of see all the evidence to make their decision. Yeah, that's no problem. All right, and uh, when we come back on the other side, uh, I do want to share with you. Uh, we, as I mentioned, things have gotten personal, uh, and and one of the 
things that came up were some personal claims you made against some people who who had an interest in the Post Town School, that being the Booth brothers. And uh, yep. I actually invited them to to join us on the program. And uh, I was speaking with them earlier today, and and they've actually given us a statement to read on the air. Uh, okay. So, so I will read that statement coming back on the other side, and uh, if you can, you know, I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to respond to some of their claims that yes. they make in the statement too. So, you know, we can kind of at least get their take on things, uh, even though they can't uh, join us physically on the on the telephone. So, okay. All right, so we will do all that coming up in just a few minutes. Again, if you want to call in uh, during the second hour with your thoughts, and if you have any questions for Aaron, uh, again, we want to keep it, you know, keep it conducted confined to the subject matter, and uh, and no personal attacks or anything like that. Uh, the numbers are 508-996-0500, 1-877-996-1420. And, uh, again, we'll, we'll keep talking about this all night long. Uh, even after Aaron uh, has to go, uh, we'll keep discussing just the idea of calling out places that fake evidence, people that fake evidence, because, again, nobody wants to see it, but as you can see with Aaron and with the people who have been involved in this, uh, it does kind of shake up people's lives uh, <laughs> pretty much down to the core. So we will talk about all that coming up uh, in the second hour following the news. Uh, again, we do want to remind everybody that coming up on December 8th is Odd Fest at Patriots Bar and Grill in Bellingham, and uh, that'll be 30-odd minutes crew, uh, Jeff Belanger, Tony's. Andrew Lake and everybody, Sarah's probably going to be there, I'd assume. Yep. And uh, it's going to be a big party uh, for everybody involved in the paranormal, anybody that's fans of the show, fans of the paranormal, come on down. Uh, there's going to be live broadcasts of uh, a, a live taping of 30-odd minutes. Yep. There's going to be a live taping of New England Ghost Project's radio show, uh, uh, Ghost Chronicles. And there'll also be a live broadcast uh, of Spooky South Coast. We don't know how we're going to do it yet, but we're going to do it. Uh, we're going to broadcast uh, over the air from there. The only thing you need to bring in order to get in is one unwrapped toy for Toys for Tots. So uh, definitely come out and see us December 8th at Patriots Bar and Grill in Bellingham. And uh, we'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. AM 1420 WBSM presents Spooky South Coast with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. All right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with science advisor Matt Moniz. And uh, we are discussing with Aaron Houdini the, the report that he had this week of the Post Town School uh, and, and the people involved with the ghost investigations there faking evidence. And uh, we're responding to some of the, the claims that have been made uh, in his report and, and some of the claims that have been made against him. And uh, Aaron, one of the things that I want to do clear up, uh, if we have just a minute, is I know a lot of people have kind of attacked the idea of you using the Houdini name, uh, mm-hmm. and and that's something that uh, people have been using to kind of go after your credibility. And if you can kind of just explain to people the connection between your, yourself and Harry Houdini. Yeah, my uh, my aunt, my mom's side of the family were Fozards. F O Z Z A R D S. They married into the Houdini family through Houdini's brother. Uh, Theo Hardeen, who uh, he had changed his name to Hardeen. So uh, that's where I come in, uh, through CO, not through Houdini. And, and I say that, I don't, you know, the, the Booth and others who, who insist on calling me Aaron Sullivan now, every show I do, every show for 11 years, at the very beginning, whether a big show or a small show, whether a private party or a casino, I tell the story of how I changed my name from Sullivan to Houdini. I tell the relation. Um, so I'm not too sure what their angle is of, of, you know, it's not like I kept it from the public. My Facebook profile will tell you that it's not been updated in over a year. 
Actually, when Bridget uh, was still pregnant, I talk about her being pregnant on there. It tells the whole story of me being Aaron Sullivan uh, in the relation. With that said, the Houdini family and the Reiner family, which is Bessie's family, Houdini's wife, they are 100% behind me. They accept, celebrate, approve of everything I've done. Uh, I do nothing but honor Houdini. Houdini was actually more brutal than I have been about this whole debunking uh, thing. He, he, was, he was much worse. Uh, he didn't have Facebook back then, uh, but I'd, I'd almost guarantee you he was applauding me. Um, the, the family, as far as Houdini and, and me, my last born name being Sullivan, not sure they're Engel. Not, not well, really sure on all that. Is, is it a stage name or is it your legal name? My legal name is Houdini. I vote. It's on my driver's license. It's on my social security card. My son's name is Amadeus Houdini. Uh, Bridget's last name will be Houdini. My everything. I mean, people want to see my license. I can post that and just cut out the personal stuff. And and of course, you bill yourself as as the last living Houdini. Is that is that accurate, yeah, or is yeah. that just showmanship? No, that's that. It was accurate until Amadeus was born. Uh, I was the only person with the last name Houdini. Uh, now he's born right, because so that's. We need, we need to we need to specify for people that might not know Houdini was not Harry Houdini's name; it was his stage name. That, that's true. He, he had actually never legally changed it. There's a, a little bit of news and scrutiny here and there that he never changed it. But he also, you know, before he passed away, had talked a lot about uh, him his last name being Weiss. Um, so funny because when he began debunking people, they started calling him. Eric Weiss. They wouldn't call him Harry Houdini. So, it's, you know, the showman side of me, when, as soon as I saw them start calling me Aaron Sullivan instead of Aaron Houdini, I was a little bit amazed and at the same time like, wow. And those close to me and those that write about Houdini and, and everything that saw this happening, they started calling me and writing me emails saying, can you believe this? I mean, everything I do, even things that I don't mean to do, fall back to that story. So, so the showman side of me was, I don't want to say excited, I don't know what the word is, but I was like, wow, you know, talking about reliving it, so, uh, you know. So, I mean, just to, just to clarify, though, making the claim of being the last living Houdini at the time before your son was born, you know, if, if, I mean, you kind of win that by default. There were no other Houdinis, you know, they, they, they hey, went by the family name, so. Yep, yep, by default. All right, so bef- I just wanted to, to give an opportunity to kind of clear that up, and, and to also for our view, our listeners who are unfamiliar with your work, just to, to kind of know uh, a little bit more about you. All right, now I know that we only have you for a few more minutes, and I, I want to get into this statement. Uh, it is kind of lengthy, but I'm going to I'm going to read the whole thing to you. Now, okay. this came about because uh, the Booth brothers were not original targets of yours in, in this report. Uh, and I say target meaning they weren't people who you named as being involved in this, uh, but they kind of took up the mantle of asking for, from what I could read on Facebook, asking for more proof, and, uh, and, and things kind of got ugly from there. Uh, okay. So I'll, I'll read. Kind of like, like shooting at somebody, but then the ricochet bullet hitting somebody else. That's, that's exactly what happened with uh, the Booth Brothers. I, I wasn't aimed toward them. Um, you know, I'm learning from this, uh, but you know, I I see their point where they're coming from and why it affects them, but it wasn't meant to uh, to affect them in any way. All right, well, I'm going to try and read this to you uh, as completely as I can. Uh, again, it's it's like three pages, so all right. Oh, wow. Official statement under penalty of perjury. To the best of my knowledge, I accept this is true. This is of course coming from Philip Booth. 
First off, I have no ties to any parties. I love them all, so this is extremely sad for me. This is about the truth. That's it. This does not prove or disprove beyond the shadow of a doubt that post-town evidence was faked or the building is or isn't haunted. This statement shows a deeper insight on a potential cover-up, those involved in the gross misinformation in general. Also, misinformation regarding the building being condemned. Without any documented proof available, it's a strong case of he said, she said. And again, Aaron, I'm going to read this whole thing, and then I'll give you a chance to respond to some of the claims. Mm -hmm. Aaron and I were friends. This all started when I received an email from him saying his heart was heavy, asking my opinion on a matter he had posted on Facebook. Little did I know he had sent out hundreds of text messages and emails on this matter. To me, this seemed unusual. When I first heard of Post Town allegedly faking evidence, I was shocked. They are great people that are involved there. I don't understand why Aaron was so focused on bringing it down at all costs. The owners who run the establishment treated everyone like family, including Aaron and also myself. I was so confused it didn't make any sense at all. Aaron had stated he was on a quest for truth, and no matter who, no matter what or who, if he caught anyone committing paranormal fraud, he would report it, friends and all. I talked to the owner. He told me his side of the story, stating that Aaron had four months ago uh, being worried about someone faking evidence and had asked Houdini for his advice and to keep it confidential. This was a shadow figure running down the hall. The owner indicated that it may have been another named individual and his old team that had faked it before he joined his new team. After reviewing numerous emails that I received between the owner and Aaron, I began to think perhaps there may have been personal reasons involved regarding an October 27th Halloween gig gone sour. Why? Because seven to eight emails were dedicated to complaining about complications from the past gig, and a paragraph was dedicated to talking about post sound involved in faking evidence. And then Aaron quickly jumped back, saying that this was not the issue at hand, and continued about the restitution of $70 from flyer costs. This did not sound like Aaron the Truth Hunter that was now posting his crusade all over Facebook. Aaron posted, quote, 2013 Houdini's coming will show no mercy, end quote. The problem started when I wrote and asked Aaron and asked him to keep this private off of Facebook and avoid public humiliation at all costs. This kind of thing would damage Post Town badly. I asked Aaron for proof of these allegations. Any legal case in the world would require solid proof. It concerned me when I did not see any hard proof posted anywhere of this evidence being faked. Aaron then posted a reward for $100 gift cards for any fraud info and then a $10,000 challenge, which he withdrew and deleted hours later. This was days before any potential proof was supposedly revealed. Why start all this if there was no solid proof yet? When Aaron finally posted the quote-unquote evidence, the post had started to cause a negative backlash within the paranormal community. The post was deleted in two hours, never felt one man should ever play quote judge, jury, and executioner, especially without proof. It was all he said, she said at this point. Still feeling something was missing in this picture, my wife Ivana began to cross-check the witnesses and received correspondence back to them directly. However, their statements included two others, one of whom was alleged to be involved with faking of evidence. This was not included in Aaron's version of Ramona's statement, Ramona being one of the witnesses that provided information, right? As it had originally appeared. It was not the original, not signed or notarized. Uh, he said that if she had not seen it with his own eyes, it was invalid. But, however, there were three witnesses confirming this, and Aaron was not present in the other testimonies either. So the main testimony was what Aaron saw. The reason we were confused is that we noticed Ramona's name was spelled like Ramona with an O. It was missing the A. The original statement testimony Aaron and we received indicated three sources, not just the owners were allegedly involved in faking, but also two newly named individuals were involved. Ramona's statement claimed to be one of them used a sound file of a little girl saying mommy on a cell phone to create an EVP and that this was caught on the monitor from the DVR. Hard proof while the other rolled the ball down the hallway is a trick. The other testimony was only seeing the owner, quote-unquote, sneak around. After more discussion, Aaron agreed that this evidence had been indeed presented to him originally and Ramona confirmed it. So why was it left out? Especially when the so-called fake shadow figure had been sent to my ghost story and this other individual had been warned by Ramona not to use it. This evidence was 
was the one that the owner was worried it had been faked when he talked to Aaron initially. In fact, the individual responsible apologized later on Aaron's Facebook thread for it, but later the whole post was deleted. This evidence was actually used as evidence to invite other groups to the venue. This is crucial if it was faked. This evidence was also used in the Booth Brothers program, Children of the Grave 2, but being a small scene, less than three and a half minutes, it was not a big issue since it did not hit the network potentially till 2013, allowing them to remove it. They were convinced, we were convinced openly that this evidence had been real, and Aaron agreed, and we did not know about it, which Aaron now says we faked ourselves. However, Aaron said that the owner had faked it, and the owner said the individual with his old team may have faked it, and the other testimonies confirmed the, indiv- the same individual as well. Discrepancies had appeared in the story again, except for this one individual that had been confirmed by three witnesses. Again, here we go, the last page. I approached both of the newly named individuals. This was hard for me since one wanted to work with us, and I was worried about credibility. This individual came forth. He explained, quote, it was a joke. Everyone saw me at the end waving. It was never used as hard evidence. He contacted Ramona, and they came to an understanding. The one individual named outright denied all the allegations until I eventually convinced him to come forth and work on moving forward. He contacted Ramona via seller text, and he said, thanks for throwing me under the bus. Also, we must remember he apologized for Mona on Facebook earlier for allowing it to go to my ghost story. He later made a statement on Facebook, but soon deleted it. Without, with not much hard proof of fakery, Aaron did the darkness on the Edgertown radio show, stating that he had gotten a condemned court order to shut down Post Town. This was for excessive, quote, asbestos and lead paint within the building. Actually, the court order was from 2006, and for a sprinkler code haunted attraction violation 411, mentioning nothing about the other hazards. Aaron had known then potentially about these hazards when he still performed there. When asked for proof, he still hasn't provided it. Now Aaron seems intent on continuing defamatory statements of slander, including, quote, cheating on our wives, only one of the Booth brothers is married, and of them faking evidence, flip-flop statements and lies, and claiming we are sending him hate mail, wishing he was dead. He also attempted to implicate uh, Philip's wife in, quote, covering up faking of evidence when she had been the one spearheading the 10-day investigation into this matter. One more time, proof, please, and full disclosure. He also states that we have a hate group. It is actually a site dedicated to people so they can find out the truth and let their thoughts be heard since he deletes all comments and posts contrary to his version of the story. This page is not personally affiliated with us at all. We released all correspondence with permission to the site to get the truth out. As far as us telling others not to hire him, he voluntarily bowed out of Fox City's Paracon and his agent, let him go due to the high risk due to his current outspoken and reckless behavior. He's even gone so far as to say that I harassed his mom. Aaron's mother contacted me and we discussed the situation. She's a big fan and I begged her to talk to her son and help him as I also did ask his fiance. Mom had not been aware of what had been going on at all according to her email, but she told me no matter what, she will always believe in the paranormal and no one convinced her otherwise. Bottom line is there is very little proof, if any, it's all he said, she said. The strongest information uncovered has been the, quote, new individual involved, and Aaron left him out due to their friendship. No solid proof of asbestos or lead paint provided. Unlike him, everything I have put in this letter has a documentation to back it up. Respectfully, Philip Adrian Booth. So, again, apologies for reading such a long statement, but this is an exclusive here to Spooky South Coast. Uh, they provided us with this just coming uh, before we came on the air. So, um, Aaron, i got to ask, uh, then, if you have any thoughts on, on any of the things that are discussed in that letter. Yeah, um, he mentions a lot of he said, she said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard a lot of this individual, that individual. I will tell you names right now. The Booth brothers came to me and told me this would be bad for Post Town. I agreed. Sure. I, I have no, I have no question that it's not bad for Post Town. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the the paranormal uh, as quick as I can. I'll go over the uh, court order. The sure. court order st- states as defined by Section 411, cannot be used further for operating a special amusement. 
under that, I, I invite all your listeners, you guys, everybody, go to the Ohio, uh, to the codes there. Read it all, and it, under Section 411, it tells you that it could be condemned because of fire, water, asbestos. It could be anything. This has nothing to do with just a haunted house. He didn't pass the haunted house because of sprinklers, because there wasn't exits every 50 feet. You can go and, and triple-check this. If you go to Post Town, take pictures of the floor. It is all the asbestos flooring. That is why the school... Uh, originally had got a new location because of the asbestos and because of other things, the lead paint, it was going to be almost as costly to replace so many things. This is from Daryl himself. Daryl told me this. From the, the school had originally got a new school because of all the stuff they were going to have to replace and the cost it was going to take. Just don't even believe me. Don't believe Daryl. Don't believe the court order. Don't believe anything. Just take pictures of the floor Take a piece of the floor. It's loose. It's loose here and there. If you're in there, go check it and see if it's not the asbestos flooring. Most of the investigators are sitting on that floor, kicking it around, crawling around on that floor for hours and hours at a time. Some people go back week after week after week, and and just don't even take my word for it. Just go look look into it yourself. As far as um, the booths, they got involved because they have the fake evidence in their video. They told me, and I have an email from Philip between myself, Nick McWethy, Brian Hensley, and Chris Dedman, uh, Nick and Brian being crossover paranormal. And in that email, Philip says, who's going to pay us for the uh, fake evidence that's in our DVD? They wanted somebody to confess so they could turn around and sue them for what's in their DVD. That's my opinion. That's, that's what I think. Ramona sent me her statement, and she said that Crossover Paranormal fakes evidence at Post Town School, that she had proof of it. She gave me their whole, whole statement. I then contacted Ramona back, and I have this email, and it says, Ramona, I can't put in the Crossover stuff because I don't have any proof or any evidence of them faking anything ever. She said, I understood. I said, do you care if I leave that part out? She told me no. She did not care. All I could do is I brought in everybody's testimony. I'd seen those things with my own eyes, pretty much it. Since then, the $10,000 challenge is still up. I offered ten grand to Post Town School, and I said if I paid the ten grand, I would give 5000 to Post Town School and 5000 to a charity of their choice. If I can't recreate their shadow person, if I can't show how Daryl Wisman makes door slams, if I can't show where the EVPs come from, I can't show why lights turn on and off by themselves. If I can't show that and prove it and somebody catch me and tell me how I did it, then I will get $5,000. That still stands. That, that, that has never been retracted. I take things off my Facebook page because I'm getting threatened and, and harassed and, and so forth. Now, with the booth claiming, mainly Philip, you know, Chris has kind of stayed out of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Philip said that he knew Brian had committed or had faked evidence. Why didn't I put that in? He even says in an email that I have, it tells Brian to speak the truth. The truth will set you free. I wrote Philip back, and I said, I'm confused. I have no evidence on crossover paranormal ever faking anything, and I've invested with, investigated with those guys a lot at many different places. I've never seen them do anything. So I said, why? And, and 
Nick is about to begin work with Spook TV. Why do you want me to throw them under the bus when I have no proof of them faking anything outside of a statement when he's going to be a part of Spook TV? He then writes back and says, Nick will no longer be a part of Spook TV. I'm sorry, but eventually somebody will bring this up. It's just not going to work. And insists on me calling out Brian and Nick. I have emails between Mike Roberts and Ivana, Philip's wife, where she says her and Philip knows that I'm protecting Brian and that he faked the evidence. Once again, I've never seen him fake evidence. Mm-hmm. I, I have other people who said they believed that Brian and them did. When the shadow person was created that was sent off to my ghost story, Brian and Nick was there. They, they videoed this. They end up on my ghost story. But eight other teams have that same shadow person. Brian and Nick wasn't there with that shadow, for the, with those teams for that shadow person. The only person that was always there every time the shadow person came was Daryl Whistler. He's the only person that was always there every time. I cannot say that Crossover has ever faked anything. I've never seen it. And I'm not going to sit there and be bullied by the Boost Brothers into saying that they did just just so they could get their moment of fame. That's, that's not what this is all about. They told me in the beginning, uh, I quote, I had made Facebook my bitch. I had taken over Facebook. It was a big publicity thing. And that's all they're doing is trying to get involved and I believe somewhat get somebody to confess for giving them fake evidence so they could turn around and sue them. Well, I do want to take a step back here, uh, and, and in terms of this building code uh, that we're talking about, uh, it mentioned in, in Philip's letter that it's Ohio Building Code 411, and is that the yes. same code number that you're uh, referring to? Yes. Okay, because I'm looking here on uh, the Ohio.gov uh, website, and under their codes, under uh, Section 411 for Special Amusement Buildings, uh, it discusses uh, the need for automatic fire detection, automatic sprinkler system, uh, an alarm, an emergency voice alarm, a communication system, exit marketing, uh, uh, I'm sorry, exit marking of uh, exits, photoluminescent exit signs, and interior finish shall be Class A in accordance with Section 803. So it doesn't actually mention anything about asbestos uh, or, or any kind of lead paint involved in that. Mm-hmm. All, all I can read to you, I'm not looking at it, is what the court order says. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't say, does, does that section say anything about a haunted house? Why you're there? Why you have it? Because I, I just don't it just it, it just says special amusement buildings. Uh, I can't. I, I'm just speaking here off the cuff. I can't imagine any particular state code would mention haunted location specifically. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's what the the uh, zoning manager told me. But it, in the court order, it says anything. This, this defines a special amusement building as any temporary or permanent building or portion thereof that is occupied by amusement, entertainment, or educational purposes, or that contains a device or system that conveys passengers or provides a walkway along, around, or over the course of any direction. So, range. so basically, uh, it means that it has I'm, to be... I'm pretty sure that would fall within paranormal investigating. And it also says special amusement buildings have an occupant load of 50 or more that have to comply with these. So if it's less than 50 people in there, they may not have to comply with, with these... Uh, with these they actually told me that... The school, this is, now, and, and I'll send you the email and this guy's number so you can call and maybe get a statement from him. His name is Jim Fox. He's Butler County Department of Development. Okay. His phone number, his, his office number is 513-887-3608. And he says that they cannot have more than five children in their residence at a time because it's so dangerous. More than five children in their residence. And as far as charging or, un, or, or not charging, 
anywhere in the building, even a birthday party, anything whatsoever is illegal. Well, but that's a different story. When there's children involved, that's different. I know when there's locations where there is uh, accusation, uh, accusation where there is uh, supposedly uh, lead paint or, or asbestos that, uh, you know, it, there's regulations regarding children being in the dwelling, mm-hmm. but uh, adults, it's kind of an enter-at-your-own-risk type of uh, situation. Yeah, and see, I didn't know too much about asbestos, or I don't, I still don't know that much about asbestos. All I know is it's dangerous and what's what, whatever. The, the codes that I saw when Daryl actually told me the night uh, before, my, uh, before my show, when he told me why uh, uh, the city was after him or whatever, he has three stickers that was put on the outside doors. Those stickers are from the fire department, and I asked him what it was for and stuff, and he said, oh, I've got to do this and i got to do that and stuff. We didn't know, he didn't tell me anything about asbestos whatsoever at that time. My, I, he has a room in that school that he's fixed up like a uh, uh, like a hotel room. And that's where actually sometimes when we would go there, instead of getting a hotel, we stayed in that room. Mm-hmm. My six-month-old, seven-month-old baby slept in that school over six nights, and it's full of asbestos. Just even if you don't believe me or the, the zoning or, or whatever, go in there and look at the, take pictures of the, the tile, take the tile off to a paint store and ask them if it's the asbestos tiles. It's oh, I got a better idea. If somebody's willing to, to pick it up and handle it, take a, a piece out and send it to us, and I'll have uh, my co-host Matt Moniz confirm whether or not it has yeah. asbestos present. He's a he's a chemist. You could do that, okay. Moniz, right, before I offer up your services? Yeah, it actually is done by looking at it through electron microscope, but I've got access to stuff. Or you could just taste it. Yeah. Either way, you'll know. But, yeah, no, right. he'd, be, he'd be glad to do that if, if somebody wants to send a sample. Again, you know, we can't verify that it's coming from there. Daryl's admitted to the tiling and the flooring being asbestos. He hasn't denied that it is. He says that they told him he had to keep it sealed with wax, and then it would be safe. And when I told uh, the zoning that, they laughed. So hmm. I don't know. I'm not a building. Ins- I don't know. All so, I know is they tell me it's extremely unsafe. But before we let you go, then, uh, before we, I don't want to get too wrapped up in, in the codes and all that, but uh, before we let, we let you go, there is some things addressed here in Philip's letter about the personal statements, uh, personal attacks that have been made uh, online. And, and I have seen posts, and I again, I know it's online, things can be doctored, but uh, that you have made accusations of infidelity against the Booth brothers, or I guess in this case one brother since only one's married, and, uh, and you have made claims of them faking evidence in their films. I mean, it, I, I just, I, I don't even want to ask you what your proof is of those because in my opinion, uh, it doesn't matter. In my opinion, just because somebody, not that I would ever condone somebody cheating on their wife, but I wouldn't question them as a paranormal investigator because they've done so. Uh, there are certain factors, of course, that would make me question somebody's personal judgment. But um, mm-hmm. but I want to ask you, like, why then do you feel the need to go to this level? Because when you start doing that, it makes it so easy for people to tear holes in your argument and they'll overlook uh, the work that you've already done and, and what you're trying to present if you do resort into this, this name-calling schoolyard stuff. Yeah, the things I was saying at the time was, and it's not just about paranormal investigating, uh, it's about anything in general. For me to see somebody as a professional, for me to trust in that person, believe in that person, and I see them as a professional, they must conduct themselves as a professional. 
I'm not going to believe anything a doctor says if I, every time I see that dr- doctor, he's a drunk. Well, I, I just, I don't, not, a, not just a doctor, a police officer. I'm not going to let a guy that's, every time I see him, he's drunk and come in and work on my toilet. Anybody whatsoever, for me to, for me to see you as a professional, then you have to conduct yourself as a professional. I will, I will let how I act at, at conventions and my shows speak for itself, and I will let how they act at conventions speak for itself. That's, that's totally up for the public to believe. But, I mean, if, if that's the case, then I would probably stay away then from, from you know, throwing out these grenades uh, because, like you said, it is in your own opinion. And other people may not have that opinion. It's just uh, I'm saying you're, you're you're giving people ammunition to use against you, and that's something that you kind of have to insulate yourself uh, against if you are going to go forward. I mean, this is just this is just advice. Uh, if you are going to continue with with calling out uh, p- places and individuals that you think are responsible for for faking evidence, then you you just got to make sure that you insulate your argument as much as you can. Okay. <laughs> just again, unsolicited free advice from a guy who's not sticking his neck out on the line like you are. But uh, one of the things that you'll, I guess, will take away from this and, and learn then uh, will be that when you do this, you know, you, you the documentation that you're speaking of. I assume that going forward, you're going to kind of have that stuff ready at the beginning, as a, as opposed to having to have it in response. Well, I have. Uh, I've had the uh, email since the day I brought everything out. The day uh, I just haven't posted it or gave it but to that's anybody. that's what i mean is when you when you are going to post these you know when you are going to report on what these places are you you have to have all that stuff as part of that report all the ducks in a row so to speak right the and and i guess it's probably you're you're right you are right the the thing why i held on to these things and as i said many times you know i'm learning from this is that i knew there was going to be backlash i knew there were going to be attacks uh I knew that it, it was coming. When, when I sent Booth a text, he said I sent hundreds of people an email. That's not true. I sent eight people a text asking their opinion uh, the night before I did it, what they thought. That was Chris Booth, Philip Booth, uh, Bradenberry Kling, John Tenney, and three other people. I sent those eight people a text, and I said, hey, you know, I really think a lot about you. I'd like to know what your opinions are of what I posted on Facebook. Didn't ask them to reply to it, just in a text. Text me back. What do you think I should do here? I I really valued uh, the boost as a friend. Um, this this was not meant to be an attack toward them. When it got personal, then it was a lot of name schoolyard bullying and name calling, and it was just it was just mass hysteria. Instead of it being about calling out a fraudulent location, it became more about Aaron Houdini is a fraud, the boosts are a fraud, and and so on. If I was the booth and there's some kind of law about somebody giving me fake evidence and I put that in my DVD and I spent thousands and thousands of dollars and got that out and they knowingly gave it to me, I would sue somebody's ass. I would sue them. There's no question. If they if that was my role and I was giving out what's supposed to be true documentaries, I see their side. I would be pissed. And, and that is their side. There's no other side to it. As for me, I mean, they're, they're attacking uh, everything I've done. Everything I've done. You know, Aaron Sullivan, he's not even a Houdini. But, I mean, aren't, aren't you, you're kind of attacking everything they've done, too. That's true. And if you can go back and look or at the post or the timing of my emails, 
I never said anything about the boots, never, not one time, until I was attacked. My email may be, or my post may be two minutes behind their post, but I never said anything first. And if I had it to do all over again, I would just have been, I just walked away. I mean, like, whatever, you know, I just went. And, and that's what I'll do in the future. I'm not, I'm going to ensure that this doesn't get personal. I, I did not mean for it to happen this way. Well, I'm going to ask you this then officially then here uh, in a broadcast medium. Is there anything that you want to retract from, from what you've stated over the past week or so? Or well, reaffirm? I mean, there's, there's a lot of things I'd like, a lot of the name calling that I really would. I mean, I'm sorry if I hurt anybody's feelings or uh, that, that was not my goal, to hurt anybody or, you know. When I, I made a statement about how um, I didn't believe in witches, I didn't believe, you know, I wanted to believe in ghosts. I wanted to believe that these things could happen. Somebody well, took offense that I didn't believe the, in witches. The, the witch hunt thing is a whole other can of worms, and, and yeah. uh, I, I noticed that that happened. As soon as you use the word witch, uh, it yeah, becomes, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's it's one of the... I don't mean as a religion. I, I did not mean... Uh, per, the, the, the Occupy Houdini page said that I was attacking women. I mean, that's just crazy. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. I anybody that knows me, I'm I go out of my way at every event and every show to show respect and to talk to people. They had people on there saying that they they tried to talk to me and I stubbed my nose in the air and walked away. I've never done that. And my dad would beat me with a tree if I would. That just doesn't happen, and I, I would never do that. So these things are hitting me in the heart because people that have no idea who I am, and, and so I would attack back. And the guy tells me that I was responsible for putting his mom in the hospital with heart failure because I said I didn't believe in witches. And that's, quote, word for word. That's just crazy. That's crazy. I don't even know who these people are. I definitely am not attacking a religion. It's, I don't believe in spells and potions and, and, and real magic. I just don't believe in that, and that's my right. If, well, if I you mean, believe in it, then, you know, that's your right. The, the Wiccan religion, which uses the word witch, you know, they're not... They're not saying this, that, those things either, but uh, they are. They have adopted the word "witch" as a word describing them. But also, yeah, and I really didn't. I didn't realize too much. That about label the was whole, saddled on them. I understand. I understand, here. but they, historically, but that word now they've kind on. of now they've kind of uh, you know well, they've taken adopted it, as, it with because, pride. because of it. Yeah. Yes. Do you do you know what the do you know where the term the whole term witch hunt come from? Yes. Oh. Do you know, I mean, on this subject, on me, do you know where it started? No, I don't know how it started with yours. I actually went back to the Facebook page and tried to find where it might have come from. And Philip I, I Booth. Philip Booth called me a witch hunter. And I wrote, and in the, in the uh, post, it was a post, not an email, I wrote, I love it. So I went, and there's a game, a PlayStation game called Witch Hunter. And it, it shows a guy, and he's in a hat, and it says, Witch Hunter. And then it says, I'm only in it for the hat. A goofy picture. So I posted that as my profile picture. And I put, I love it, or meet the new T-shirt. Chris Booth wrote underneath there, and it said, that's two T-shirts we're responsible for. Ha, ha, ha. My new slogan is Forever Houdini, which the Booth brothers came up with. I, it was a joke. It, that's, that's it, you know. It was a joke. And then the next morning I wake up, and I'm attacking women all over the world. I'm literally hanging people, wanting to burn people from the stakes. It's just silly. You, I mean, you, you just found out that everybody that's ever 
been in the public eye has realized. And that's, I mean, that's probably something that you knew would happen when you started calling out locations, that there would be more uh, attention paid to what you were writing. And, and when that happens, you have to be a lot more careful and toe a line. I mean, and, and you just kind of got caught in that same mistake that a lot of people yeah. do. You know, and I, I was, when I took it off, um, I said, you know, I'm sorry. I did not mean to offend anybody. That was It was a joke. I didn't expect to wake up the next day with 200 post thing that I was trying to burn women at the stake. Um, well, or, can, uh, can I, can I can be, we also correct something? Believe it or not, most mm -hmm. of the people that are pagan or Wiccan are actually men. So, uh, predominant. I, I read that. I actually yeah. read that. But, you and, happen to be speaking to one as well. And I also need to clarify, too, at least in my own opinion, like, you got to let some stuff go. I mean, I, I'm of Jewish descent, but if somebody says, oh, you know, he really Jewed me down on the price, eh, I kind of don't really take offense in that anymore. I understand that it's still offensive of a term, but it wasn't really used with offense. Well, there was, there was like 10 people who, who wrote me and told me, you know, I was the worst person in the world because I was using the word witch hunt. And I had... I still have them. Over a hundred emails where people are like, you know, I'm pagan. I, I'm a witch. I am not offensive to this at all. You know, and, and I wrote a lot of people and I said, hey, can I use your story? And people say, yeah, but don't use my name. Some people are like, yes, you can use my name. People who wrote and said, hey, I'm this and part of my group, my group, a group in Cincinnati, uh, had several groups in that area around the school say, they're leaving their group because they don't agree with their side, and this group doesn't agree with this side. So all these groups are splitting up over this. And I, was, I just was like, wow. You know, in three days, I had over 600 Facebook emails. My Facebook wouldn't even open. It, you know, I couldn't get my phone would not open my Facebook app. I had to go to the computer and do it. Mm -hmm. it, it was just crazy how, how this exploded and turned into everything but a paranormal fraud location it now, turned into everything but that and and i just want to clarify a little bit because there's some questions in the chat room again i don't think that these terms should be cool to use but i also think that if somebody does use them you got to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt and ask them hey did you really mean that so like if somebody but, said oh he really the term witch hunter is has nothing to do with a witch it's somebody to debunk and pull call out if you look at dictionary.com and type in witch hunter it doesn't even have anything to do with a witch so I really didn't see the, the the harm in it, you know? And there's also some questions popping up in the chat room about some other comments that you made, uh, particularly about other women. Uh, and I'm getting inundated with questions here in the chat room to ask you about a particular comment that you made to somebody. And I don't want to get into all of the lashing is out the, that you did. Is it the fat comment? Right. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I mean, do you, do you want to apologize uh, for, for making well, that comment? If, if you saw the whole email... You, you would know that I wasn't telling the person they're obese or fat. The, the entire email doesn't even go like that. The entire email is where I started. I did call her crazy, and I stand by that. I think that lady was crazy. <laughs> Here you go. Here. No. Keep digging, it, no, digging that hole a little deeper. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, she's crazy. If you read the – she's that – you know, I don't even know that person. And she's one of the persons that told me she was going to find out where I lived. But it went from uh, – you realize how big of an idiot you are and and i put yes i do for answering all these emails that you keep writing me uh you're do you realize this and i was like schoolyard bullying and then it got into be like idiot dumb piece of crap you're fat and i it was a joke but you can't be like haha fat so you know like you can in real life 
and those were those were. From what I from what I did see, you did you, you said it repeatedly. But you're not seeing the whole email. I I saw what was posted on one of the pages, and that's not the entire email. So I well, didn't then, just say, "Hey, lady, you're fat." It it didn't happen like that. It was it was you're an idiot, and I was like, "Okay, I know I am because I'm giving you this is uh, 40 minutes of my life. I'm never going to get back." And then it was like, "You're this, you're this," and then I said this, and she said this, and I said, "And you're fat." Kind of like, I know you are, but what am I? Um, a joke, but it just didn't come across. Maybe, maybe if she was truly offended by it, then I am 100% sorry from the bottom of my heart. I, did, I don't even know who that is. I don't, I don't know if she's fat or not. I don't know anything about her. Well, I'm all, just... I know, all I know is it, it wasn't meant to be like, hey, fatty. I, I, have, I, was, I was bullied when I was in school. I, was bullied my, I have several obese people that are close to me i did not mean it like that whatsoever it was idiot turd piece of crap fat and you're not seeing the entire email that, that she gave out i had to block that lady because i i still firmly believe she's crazy she wanted to find out where i live one of the things that she's going to find out where i live and personally drive daryl to my house i mean it just got i understand i mean i I, I, had I can't really condone you saying those kind of things about somebody on the show um Especially where we told people they're not allowed to call in and attack you. So, in, yeah. in fairness, but again, you know, we didn't mention her name either. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, again, some more unsolicited, friendly advice. You know, you're in the public eye. You, you can't have those kind of conversations with people publicly or even privately uh, because you never know in these days, you know, who's got some sort of uh, recording or some sort of, yeah. you know, capture of the conversation that they can share. So, I mean, you just always got to be careful. Uh, well, since, since then, you know, since it started getting crazy and stuff. And people are like, oh, he blocked me, and I don't even know why. Or he, he, I didn't block anybody unless they threatened me. There's a lot of people, like the Occupy Houdini page, like it was 32, 31 people. I just unfriended everybody that's on there. Anybody, now there's a new one, the truth about Aaron Sullivan. Uh, anybody that's on that page, the person who's going to run my Facebook is going to go through that page and delete every person that I'm friends with. I have, those pages are nothing more than hate pages. They're threatening they are uh, just constant threats throughout the whole page. Well, if you so, feel that they're if you feel that they're threatening toward you personally, then you you should notify Facebook of that, and then Facebook have, will make I, that determination. Have, there's there's several people who who made threats that I did the uh, the report. Facebook would contact me. I wrote a email on what I felt was happening, harassing, and so forth. And I saw where those people was like, oh, he reported me. Now I'm on Facebook probation. I'm on Facebook probation for 30 days. I can't have any friends for 30 days because he reported me. Um, I, I'm doing that, you know, following the steps now. Uh, but anybody that likes those pages just can't be a friend of mine because I've seen what those pages are doing. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, I have a, a whole nother hour's worth of discussion we could have on this, but you've already been so generous with your time uh, and, and stayed with us much longer than you originally planned to. Uh, but I do, I want to clarify one thing before we let you go, and and this is one of the things that I've seen uh, as, a, as one of the attacks against you all week, and it just bothered me because you need to have a leg to stand on if you're gonna if you're gonna throw a grenade, you know, make sure that you have your balance first. Mm-hmm. And, and you pull a pen. Yeah, and you pull a pen. But one of the claims that I, I heard uh, leveled against you is that, uh, you know, how can you accuse anybody of faking evidence in the paranormal when, you know, what you're doing is fake? That you know, magic and illusion and escape arts are, are fake. I mean, isn't that that's the point? 
Yeah, I tell everybody at every show, the very first show, I tell the whole story of my life. I tell how I was a Sullivan, and then all of a sudden I have to, I become a well, Houdini. But no, I mean that I aside, my tricks. Isn't, I isn't, tell people no. I tell people that every single thing they're about to see is fake. There's, they're all tricks, and there's, and they laugh at me. People laugh because I'll do a trick, and I'll be like, "Don't be too amazed. You could do it too for 1995." Well, I mean, they're like, they're like, "Oh, you know, you don't tell people the truth about how you can get out of those things. It's because you're double jointed." Well, like that's kind I'm of, not double jointed. But even if you were, yeah. that's kind of the point. You know what I mean? Well, for for the tricks part, you know, when I see the word escape, it's very dangerous. I've I've broken over 60 bones. I don't know. 30-something surgeries. I mean, I could go on and on. I'm just going to tell you this right now. People are probably going to start asking for your medical records on that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I've I've played with for for years about releasing medical records and x-rays to show people, you know, what I go through. We we carry from show to show a suitcase. It's a red suitcase. It's designated just for heating pads, icy hot, tape, ibuprofen, things like that. It's called the red bag. We carry that from show to show. If anybody thinks that I'm double-jointed and I'm not dislocating my shoulder, then they, they're either deaf or they've never been to one of my shows. There's, I dislocate my shoulder. The, the five shoulder surgeries I have uh, more than proves that. Uh, I, I can have doctor's statements in no time that, that doesn't – I mean, they're just, that's crazy. But for somebody to think that I really do magic, that, that my tricks are real tricks and, and that I have magic or psychic abilities or anything whatsoever like that. They've never been to my show and heard me give a lecture of promising them that it's just tricks or they're crazy, one or the other. Well, you just said that you've, you dislocate your shoulder on a frequent basis and you're calling other people crazy? <laughs> you're well, the one intentionally subjecting yeah. yourself to pain. I know, I know. I just, I'm, I'm just being facetious. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I, I don't want people to... To think that I'm meaning disrespectful things. I realize that when I say something, um, you know, on Facebook, I can't really throw out my personality with it. And people that's never met me, they don't know what I meant by it. I understand that, and I've got to be more careful about that. But in, in no time ever in my career, Facebook career, or even the old days, the MySpace career, have I ever purposely meant to be disrespectful. Well, let's hope that uh, with your next announcement, which uh, is coming up soon, that, uh, you know, things... <laughs> you have me on in a couple more weeks. We'll, well, we'll be talking about the same thing. I was say, let's hope that, uh, you know, you, you've taken from this and learned and, and that we can hopefully, you know, end some of this stuff that's going on. And, and, and I, I don't know. I don't know where to go with it. I mean, we tried to, you know, be a, a, a sounding board for everybody to kind of have their say. And, and there's still a lot of space in between, but... Uh, the point is, let's all get back to the same basic idea of if there are places that are faking evidence, if there are people who are faking evidence that, you know, maybe we do need to call them out, but we need to make sure that we have a fail-safe argument, a fireproof, waterproof argument before we go forward with it. So hopefully that'll be the lesson learned from this. And again, Aaron, thank you for joining us and, and for spending you more time than you planned. I'm going to get you some of that asbestos pile. Sounds good. Just do me a favor. Mark it on the envelope as being, you know, sample so that I know when I open it not to just be like, oh, what's this? And like breathe in the envelope. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Aaron Houdini. Uh, and and uh, we'll, we'll definitely be following along with what you have in the future. Thank you. Thanks. Have a great night.
All right, now we ended up not having uh, time at the end of the show here to go further with the discussion about whether or not we need to have people standing out there at the forefront of this. I mean, uh, Aaron has taken up this mantle on his own, and at the very least, I mean, whether you approve of of what he came out and said, uh, whether or not you approve of what ended up devolving as a result of that, uh, you, you do have to kind of respect somebody that is willing to stick their neck out and to make these claims, knowing the kind of backlash it could have, I don't think Aaron realized what he was getting into when he did it. But uh, Moniz, you know, you've done this for a long time, and uh, you've been an investigator for a long time, and and I'm sure you've encountered situations where you weren't quite sure if things were on the up and up, if they were 100%. L- let me just throw you throw this out there to you, and, and just something to think about, and you don't even have to give an answer if you don't want to. But we're very tied into the Lizzie Boyd and Ben and Breakfast. Okay. We've investigated that place numerous times, and and uh, we're we're very close with Leanne, the owner, and uh, we also have a, a financial stake to a degree because we do Legend Trips events there as well. So we we have a lot to go on uh, at the Lizzie Boyd and Ben and Breakfast, and we've had profound personal experiences there, and we've been there when other people have had profound personal experiences there. I'm not saying this has ever happened. I'm just using this as a hypothetical. But if we found out that for example, Leanne or some of the staff were faking evidence over there, then, you know, what would be your feelings on that? As, as somebody who is both a friend and somebody who is a colleague in, in terms of the paranormal side of it, I mean, what, what would be your thoughts on that? Would you feel the need to, to expose that if you found out that it was to be true and you had irrefutable proof? Well, if I had irrefutable proof, I would have no other recourse but to make that public, but Knowing the people that work there and Again, knowing... Yeah, it would yeah. never happen, but... But I have, you know, as as you know, working in there for so many years, I've seen a lot of stuff that people, you know, pass in, and I've seen some stuff that are fakes. I've We've basically ferreted out several videos and other photographs where people have deliberately faked stuff, and people go in there and rake stuff at night you know, when they rent out the place for themselves with uh, string and this and that and then try and put up videos, oh, this is what we got. But, you know, they still leave their evidence there in the morning, forgetting that, you know, there are people that, you know, still go in there and have to clean up the mess. And is it is it something that's going to stop in this industry? No. You're always going to have people that are going to be, let's call them, just dishonest, just right, just for this sake. And but the sad part of it is, when somebody does fake evidence, it puts a stain on the real evidence and the real experiences that people have had. And that's the sad part about it. I mean, there's no benefit for faking evidence other than the other person's than, personal amusement, or or or, or unfortunately, uh, you know, money or fame i mean you're either trying to get more money in your pocket or you're trying to get yourself on television or or whatever you know demented reason you might have for doing it but you're hurting not just the location and the people involved but an entire field people fake all kinds of things not just in the paranormal how many times do you hear of you know people trying to raise money for this kid who has cancer turns out the kid off with the money yeah and yeah this happens all the time what it is is this particular subject matter has a people's 
a personal attachment to it for for their own reasons. And any time that there is personal attachment, people are become vulnerable, and the people that are vulnerable will get preyed upon. That's just human nature. And I do want to I do want to clarify here again, as I said at the beginning of the show, we have no stake in in how this goes, except for you know, hopefully helping to, to heal a little bit. That's the only thing that I kind of want to do is is put a Band-Aid on some of this bleeding. But we have no, we're not taking sides. You know, we just tried to give everybody their chance to present their side of the argument uh, from one side or the other. And I don't want anybody to go away feeling like there was uh, a partiality that was being discussed. Uh, I hope that we did a good job of raising the questions that needed to be raised. But if there are any thoughts or questions that you have uh, about this and you feel like you know they weren't answered, then shoot us an email, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. Let us know how we did. You know, If you think we did a terrible job, if you think that we, you know... Bear in mind, there, there's a lot of material that could have been covered, but we only have a limited amount of time. There's and- a lot of stuff, too, that is going to be coming out to light publicly that hasn't yet either. So there's going to be more to this. Uh, There's there's going to be more documentation that comes out. Aaron said he's going to get us some of the stuff that he's talking about. I know other sides of the story are going to be presenting me uh, with information and and things that they have. So uh, we'll we'll try and at least keep up with this. I mean, we may do a follow-up show. I could definitely see a follow-up happening on Spooky TV with uh, Spooky Crossroads. Uh, I would love to take the discussion to that. Uh, coming up on uh, this Wednesday, I would love to carry the discussion forward to be about what I wanted to talk about in the later half of the show tonight, about the need for people to come out and and be the watchdogs of fakery. Uh, But again, we ran out of time. And I know that Moniz doesn't want to go late because, you know, Taco Bell's only open for a certain (laughs) time and man's got to eat. So... uh, (laughs) We're going to have to let it go at this point uh, for the show, but hopefully you enjoyed the program. We had a lot of people that are new to the show. Uh, hopefully you'll stick with us and, and keep checking us out. You can download every show that we've ever done on iTunes. They're all available there. Uh, we have YouTube archives of the last few years as well uh, when the technology is working here in the studio. And, of course, this show will be podcast and will be archived up there uh, for people to check out as well. So let us know what you think of the show. Email us, crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Follow us on Twitter, at SpookySC. Like us on Facebook, Spooky South Coast on Facebook, and uh, hopefully we did a good enough job that uh, some of these new people will, will keep up with us. And We tried to keep it fair and balanced, and we brought up as much as we could, That's all what we, we had do. time for. That's all we can do. So thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, at least uh, uh, keeping it civil. Nobody called in and bashed anybody, so uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens now on the Internet when the show is posted up there. So thank you all. We want you all to stay spooktacular.